It's our favorite liberal night. We'll ask Carl Jeffers if the Democrats will present a united front at their convention and whether he expects to see former Senator John Edwards there. We'll explain why. Plus, Kelly Shackelford will join us to discuss Barack Obama's attempt to influence Texas politics. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. Congratulations for representing the finest nation on the face of the earth. The honorary captain and I are proud to be with you. We're here to wish you all the very best. President Bush has several reasons for being in Beijing at the Olympics. In that statement, he was addressing the U.S. Olympic athletes and offering them his very best wishes. He has sort of a fine line to walk as he goes. And, of course, uh, one of the things that he has on his mind to do is in some ways to challenge and discourage China's worst tendencies, and we'll talk about what some of those are a little bit later in the program, Uh, but also to encourage their economic liberalism, to drive reform there, to encourage uh, religious freedom. Uh, He is, interestingly enough, I just heard KCBI reporting that he will attend a registered church, even though the White House had applied for him to have the right to attend an unregistered house church. He was denied that right. Uh, That says something. Uh, but, uh, he, you know, I really think that he's doing the right thing, and it seems like he's doing it in the right way. You certainly have to acknowledge that a trading partner and a world power uh, is there, and when they're holding the Olympics, just to ignore it, I think would be foolish and silly. And uh, so we will watch and see what President Bush says. I know he will make some remarks and already has uh, when he was in Bangkok about freedom and repression taking place in China, encouraging things to open up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on a Friday. I am Penna Dexter. I will say that uh, I'm glad it's Friday, and uh, I imagine you are. It's been a hot week, and it's been a little bit of a tough week. And I will mention for many of you that are wondering that Dr. Johnson will be in the studio next week doing the program. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, um, I want you to listen to this ad. It's a campaign ad for John McCain. I don't think Hillary Clinton ever thought uh, she would be, well, maybe she had an idea she would, but she did end up in uh, an ad, a web ad campaign for John McCain. He can work with Democrats on key issues, whether it's campaign finance reform or tobacco policy. He's worked with us. Well, John McCain is a personal friend, a great friend, and I would be honored 
to run with or against John McCain. And I have enormous respect for him. He is a courageous, patriotic American who stands up for what he believes. I admire Senator McCain greatly, and he's one of the people we model our campaign over, uh, on because he is very direct, very blunt, and nobody has to guess at what he's thinking. You know, I love John McCain. He's a great guy. Since coming to Washington, I've believed that the right approach uh, begins with the proposal put forward by Senator Lieberman and Senator McCain. I know Senator McCain has a lifetime of experience that he will bring to the White House. And Senator Obama has a speech he gave in 2002. Several Democrats, if you, you didn't recognize their voices in this ad, uh, Senator Tom Daschle, former uh, Senate Majority Leader, and then Senator Joe Biden, Senator John Kerry, former presidential candidate, Howard Dean, head of the Rep uh, Democrat National Committee, Senator Russ Feingold, and then, of course, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, all praising John McCain. And Democrats do like John McCain uh, because he sometimes agrees with them on certain subjects. Uh, I think this was an interesting ad. And John McCain may be getting more attention next week because Barack Obama is actually away on vacation. Uh, he's probably glad to be away from some of the things we're going to talk about in just a moment. Uh, but we are going to talk with our favorite liberal, Carl Jeffers, tonight. We'll ask him about this ad, and we will also ask him what Hillary Clinton is about by not signing away her right to be nominated at the convention. She's still holding on to that. Uh, we don't know whether she will, in fact, insist that uh, her delegates have the right to nominate her. So far, she says that's the way to unify the party. So we'll talk to Carl about that and many other things in the next segment. But there's a piece of news out there. Some of you may have heard this. It's kind of been floating around under the radar for a while. And uh, it is back. Uh, it has to do with uh, one of the former candidates, John Edwards. And uh, let's just go back first to hear John Edwards in March of 2007. Because this is when he and his wife, Elizabeth, uh, actually told the press that her cancer had returned. And they talked about how they were going to carry themselves through this. And at that time, he announced he was continuing his presidential campaign. And we know from our previous experience that when this happens, you have a choice. You can go cower in the corner uh, and hide, or you can be tough and go out there and stand up for what you believe in. And uh, both of us are committed to the cause. We're committed to changing this country that we love so much. And we have no intention of cowering in the corner. And uh, he has been cowering the corner on another issue lately, but uh, today he sort of came out of the corner. And it's interesting because uh, Ann Coulter's column this week uh, was titled, Only His Hairdresser Knows for Sure. And she wondered why anyone and everyone isn't talking about John Edwards for vice president anymore. And, of course, uh, there have been these just innuendos coming out of a tabloid, the National Enquirer, about, <clears throat> excuse me, about an Edwards love child. Last month, he was caught in a hotel with a woman in L.A., and uh, this magazine said that it was his mistress, and he was staying away from the media, and really, the mainstream media was not saying much about it. But in the run-up to the uh, Democrat convention, he gets a speaking spot, uh, spot by virtue of having been in the presidential race and going as far as he did. And party leaders wanted the truth about this uh, before determining his role in uh, the Democrat convention, when he'll speak, if he'll speak. And uh, so now he's out there telling the truth. And Democrat Party strategist Marianne Marsh says there have been rumors 
uh, former Senator Edwards having an affair for quite some time. This story has been swirling about now for more than a month uh, and even started earlier just before the Iowa caucuses. But here we are on a Friday afternoon in August with the beginning of the Olympics tonight and many other events going on, and John Edwards chose to reveal this information. Mary, of course, it is the Friday news cycle. Sometimes it misses uh, some of the news, but I think this will be on tonight's evening news and all the talk shows. Marianne Marsh saying that people were starting to ask questions about Senator Edwards' role at this convention. It's clear that the pressure of the impending Democratic National Convention forced his hand. He was one of only two people who weren't listed to speak yet at the convention, still trying to resolve the situation with President Clinton and then John Edwards. All right. He admits to the affair. Uh, he says the baby that uh, this woman had is not his. Uh, and he said the timing proves that. Uh, but he has lied repeatedly about this. And so you have to wonder, you know, how you could believe that, uh, believe him. He also said that, uh, yes, he had the affair, but no, he does not love this woman. I guess that's supposed to make Elizabeth feel a lot better. And so I just want to open up the phones on this issue uh, because, you know, Forget adultery in a sense. No one on the left really seems to care about that. But what about lying repeatedly to the public? Which is worse, in your mind, cheating on your wife who's fighting cancer? And apparently he says when he started this that she was in remission. and uh, Or lying repeatedly about it. If you'd like to comment, 800-877. I'm sorry, 800-881-9270. And we'll just talk a little bit about John Edwards. I just want to talk about lying, uh, because in people who we hold up as public officials, and he was a senator, uh, a United States senator from the state of uh, North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, I'm sorry, and uh, he was the Democrats' pick to be vice president, ran along with uh, John Kerry, and uh, of course Psalm uh, 3118 says, uh, let lying lips be put to silence. Well, before he's put to silence, he's going to be appearing on television. What show is it tonight? On uh, Nightline. Yeah, he'll be on Nightline tonight talking about it. Great. I, I think I'll turn the channel. And then uh, Proverbs twelve nineteen: The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is uh, but for a moment. Sort of like a flash in the pan. Well, we are taking your calls on this issue. Uh, Bob is in Terrell. Bob, go ahead. Hey, uh, about John Edwards, he needs to realize that there's a difference between lust and love, and he that has lust with a, uh, for a woman has committed adultery. That's right. And, you know, I think he does realize there's a difference, because just to for him to say, but I didn't love her, and, you know, I don't know if that was supposed to make Elizabeth feel better. Uh, he loves Elizabeth, but at the same time, he was able to go out, especially, you know, when Elizabeth has been such a supportive, supportive uh, candidate's wife, even uh, through cancer, is a, is a little bit sad, really, ladies and gentlemen. And um, we'd love to hear what you're thinking on this issue. Well, let's go to some more news, because a military jury has sentenced uh, Osama bin Laden's former driver, Salim Hamdan, to only, I can't believe this, uh, first of all, they only convicted him on being the driver. They didn't convict him on conspiracy for terrorism. And then they, they, convi- uh, they sentenced him to only five and a half years in prison, which means, I mean, here is an Islamist, a person who has a terrorist mindset, like he's going to change that in five years. 
But uh, here's correspondent Mike Malia reporting from Guantanamo Bay. They did that knowing beforehand that the judge had already given Mr. Hamdan credit for five years of time he's already served uh, here at Guantanamo. And uh, Mike Malia reports that this sentence for Salim Hamdan was far from what the prosecution had requested. Significantly less. The the prosecution had recommended earlier today uh, that jurors come back with a sentence of uh, between 30 years and and life in prison. So uh, this is uh, definitely a disappointment for them. It is a disappointment. It was going to be a bit of a test for these military courts And uh, I think that people that were worried that these courts were going to be too tough on terrorists need not worry. Some of the big guns are going to be tried, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, But uh, this guy, I think, got off very, very easily. Well, there's another story in the news. And again, uh, what do you think about John Edwards' announcement? And is it worse to commit adultery or to lie, or do you not even want to differentiate between the two? Uh, It is disappointing. It really is to see this in someone who is asking for us to elect him president. But um, the United States is appealing for an end to the fighting that's been taking place. Uh, And you, I'm sure, have heard this story. But uh, Russian tanks have gone into uh, Georgia, which was separated from Russia with the fall of the Soviet Union, over uh, South or over Ossetia, I think is how you pronounce this territory. Let's hear that report. The State Department says Secretary of State Rice has been in touch with all parties and is urging an immediate ceasefire. A spokesman says the U.S. is sending an envoy to the region in a bid to end hostilities. An official here at the Pentagon says defense officials have also been in contact with Georgian authorities. The U.S. has about 130 trainers in Georgia, including a few dozen civilians, who have all been training Georgian forces for their next Iraq deployment. The spokesman says all are accounted for with no injuries and no plans to pull them out. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. Of course, uh, Russia sent all these tanks in, so it's going to be a battle. The United States would like to see Russia backing off here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we won't say any more about John Edwards except this. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Forrest Gump knows what love is. Uh, John Edwards may need a few lessons in that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, next up, Carl Jeffers will join us, our favorite liberal. Stay tuned for that. College is proud to present the new Mac at Night program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac at Night features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac at Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu. Invest in God's work and yourself through this convenient program through the Criswell College. It's Mac at Night. See criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu.
listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's Penna Dexter. We're still working out the mechanics uh, of the four days, and our staffs are in communication with Senator Clinton's staffs, but I don't anticipate any problems. Barack Obama heading out on vacation, but this is uh, his statement on board his campaign plane yesterday, saying that he's looking forward to a smooth convention in Denver. That's the Democrat National Convention. And uh, he is dismissing all these suggestions floating around that it could actually be marred by tensions with Hillary Clinton diehards. And, of course, Hillary Clinton has not let go of her right to be nominated, to have her name put in nomination at the convention. And uh, she has a speaking slot on Tuesday night. I think uh, Bill Clinton's speech is up in the air still. They're not sure if or when that's going to happen. Uh, But some Democrats are suggesting that Hillary may not have surrendered all of her bargaining chips for this convention. Uh, This is at a California fundraiser, and a supporter asked Hillary whether she would still consider putting her name into nomination. I happen to believe that we will come out stronger if people feel that their voices were heard and their views were respected. I think that is a very big part of how we actually come out unified. Um, because I know from just what I'm hearing that uh, there's just a, this incredible pent-up uh, uh, desire. And I, and I think that you know people want to feel like, okay, it's a catharsis. We're here. We did it. And then everybody get behind Senator Obama. I mean, I... That is uh, doesn't you know, work that way. That is what most people believe is the best way to go. No decisions have been made, and so we are, you know, trying to work all this through with the DNC and with the Obama campaign. Time Magazine has a story this week. Have the Clintons gotten over it? And with us to discuss that is our favorite liberal radio host, commentator, and television pundit, Carl Jeffers. Carl, thank you for being with me. Well, it's great to be with you uh, today, Penna. By the way, I can update one bit of information on your intro. Uh, it has been resolved. Bill Clinton will be speaking. Uh, he will speak the night that the vice presidential uh, acceptance speech is given, so that would be Wednesday night. Do you have any guesses who that VP might be? You know, um, I still think that it comes down to this. If if they are looking in the next couple of weeks at continuing closing of the polls, then they will have to consider Hillary Clinton, despite the fact that everyone thinks she's not on the list, uh, they they will feel that they need it. If they think that they are are comfortable enough, then they won't put her on the ticket because they would prefer not to have her. And if they don't put her on the ticket, then I I think that people like uh, uh, Tim Kaine of the Virginia Governor of Virginia uh, becomes a a very very prime favorite, and also I think Joe Biden because of the experience uh, factor there as well becomes a top candidate. Carl, uh, it's very interesting that you should say this, that Hillary might be the only one that could uh, pull him out if this continues to drop, uh, his poll numbers. There's some other polls out there that prove you right, because there's one that says uh, that one in five women who voted for Hillary Clinton in the primaries plans to vote for McCain in November. Uh, The Lifetime Network's poll was released Tuesday. 49% of women support Barack Obama, 38% McCain. And Kellyanne Conway of the polling company says he should be over 54% right now, so he's a little bit in trouble. And if you can't get the women, you can't get the presidency. What about it? 
Uh, well, there's no question that you do need the female vote generally because female voters make up 53% of the total number of voters in U.S. national elections, not only presidential, uh, but also in the off-year, off-presidential year congressional elections. So you do need the female vote. However, uh, we must remember that Al Gore won the female vote uh, and that uh, John Kerry uh, actually came within one point of it, although George Bush in the end won soccer moms who, in fact, were close to the Democrats in terms of their positions on the issues, but they felt that national security, this was in 2004, trumped those issues, and so they voted for George Bush. So in general, uh, you do need the female vote, but it has been, uh, in the past, at least a Democrat can win the female vote and lose the election. If a Republican wins the female vote, that Republican would absolutely uh, win the election because that would mean that women who would normally vote Democratic are voting for the Republican. It's very interesting, Carl. Uh, I did a piece, uh, I think it was one day this week about this, that you know we had the soccer moms that you mentioned. We had the security moms mm-hmm. then in the 2004 election. Right. And now we have the older women. Yeah, uh, the older moms, and I'm in this category. Women over forty mm-hmm. uh, are worried about Barack Obama. They are not sure about him. Uh, younger women are uh, more um, s- support him, and to a greater degree. Mm-hmm. But it's these older women. What do you think that is? Well, one thing: it, the older women are the women who were the most disappointed that uh, Hillary Clinton uh, did not win the nomination. But there's another problem that's underneath the surface here, Penna. It's not just that Hillary Clinton did not win the nomination for a lot of these women. It is that they feel that, in essence, the nomination was taken away from her because the media was so, in their judgment, biased in favor of Barack Obama and against Hillary Clinton. And that's really why they're angry. It's not just that she lost. If they thought that she had just lost because she made a lot of mistakes and uh, it was an even fair fight, um, they would have they would have been recovered by now, but they felt there was sex uh, gender bias uh, that played out here. They felt that there was a bias uh, in favor of Obama, and that there was an anti-Hillary bias that allowed the media to just make charges about her and and statements about her that they could have never gotten away with making about Barack Obama. And, and people aren't bringing that up enough. That it's not just enough to say that the women are angry because Hillary lost. They are angry, the ones who are now, and you're absolutely right, Penny. It is, in fact, the, the, uh, the uh, older uh, component of the female vote. They are angry at the way in which she lost because they feel that it was not fair. Hmm, interesting. Okay, let's go to Obama and the media because everybody, including John McCain, has talked about his celebrity status. And, of course, we've seen the polls dropping for him, although he's still ahead in most polls, especially among registered voters. Uh, But is there a public fatigue, and is it kind of a good thing that he's going on vacation? Well, I think it's a good time to go on vacation when you're going to have so much focus on the Olympics, and certainly with the opening ceremonies. And there's no question that the Olympics tend to get some of their highest ratings the first few days, you know, this is Olympics last for two weeks. Right. In the middle of the week. Then you get Olympic fatigue. Going, yeah, you'll be thinking it's been going on for four years. You know, so so I think that was a good move on on Barack's uh, part. That's like the Tour de France at our house. <laughs> it was on for two weeks. For two I mean, weeks, how can yeah. you watch people ride bikes for two weeks, even though it's beautiful? But anyway, go ahead. That's a good point. So I think that that part of it is fine. You know, I don't think it's so much fatigue yet. Um, the, the the problem is is that there is still 
so much that is unknown. And believe it or not, and I don't want to, I don't think you're going there in terms of our discussion today, so I'll just make this quick comment. The John Edwards situation actually hurts Barack Obama a bit because it gets people who still don't yet feel they know him to wonder what else is, is there to come out with him. And, and that's a concern. Although, And the reason why I don't think it's a, a, a huge uh, issue that's going to get played out is because, as you remember, there were lots of stories and rumors, and I don't know what's true and what's not, but I don't think John McCain wants to make this an issue either because there's something out there that, that was at least talked about in the beginning, and it may or may not have any substance to it. But with Barack Obama, it's the unknown part of it, and any time you have something like this, it only reinforces this notion that people don't know him and feel that he's not been tested yet. And so I think that, you know, he probably is well served to just be off of the radar screen right now. The other thing, more important, uh, Penna, is the current situation right now in Russia with the uh, uh, attacks on, in Georgia. And I don't mean the state. <laughs> it's right. You know, we, we reported that story, but go ahead. Uh, yes, I don't mean the state to our friends listening today, but to the country of Georgia. And the reason why that can be a concern is because it's issues like that, it's incidents like that that are unplanned, unexpected, that draw people's attention on the most significant uh, disparity that works in John McCain's favor, which is the area of national security, uh, tested uh, experience in the foreign arena, and commander-in-chief. Those of, If there's one area where John McCain has a strength, un, in, as perceived by the American voter, it is in that area. And when you have a controversy like this arising, where tensions in the world are, are increased, that, without question, works in John McCain's favor as people look at Barack Obama in many minds as someone who is not tested enough. So, so you know, those are concerns on the, on the horizon right at this moment. I've got the press release in front of me from John McCain today, and it was very strong. And I see what you mean, Carl, because he's like, news reports indicate that um, Russian military forces crossed an internationally recognized border into the sovereign territory of Georgia. Russia should immediately and unconditionally cease its military operations, withdraw all forces. You know, it's sounding very presidential and like he really understands the situation. And of course, this is the day that Barack Obama was leaving. So that's probably not great for him. And then there is President Bush in China with Putin, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that is, in fact. Um, uh, but I, I think the Russian situation is one that uh, um, works more to McCain's favor than uh, the, the, the president and Putin. Um, you know, Putin, as you know, is, has already designated his successor. Uh, and is will will operate behind the scenes, and of course the President Bush uh, will be leaving office. So, but whereas the Russian Chechnya uh, and the Russian Georgian situation talks to future problems that the next president will have to deal with, and in that sense, uh, that is something that, depending on how John McCain plays it, uh, he can use it to work towards his his strength. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. It takes us down to the issues that really face us and the positions on issues. And I think the nation needs to focus like a laser beam on that between now and November. Carl Jeffers, our favorite liberal, thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome, Penna. But right now, the American people still say it's the economy. So until that turns around, that part of it would work for uh, Barack Obama. So Possibly, unless we can make the case that uh, this focus on uh, conservation is not exactly going to lower 
gas prices. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a great weekend, Carl. Well, you all enjoy the opening ceremony. Okay, you too. Next up, uh, Barack Obama may not have a chance to win in Texas, but he'd love to influence the makeup of our congressional delegation in Congress. Kelly Shackelford will uh, join us to talk about it. Also, some news coming out of California. Some you may like, some you won't. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. We're still working out the mechanics uh, of the four days, and our staffs are in communication with Senator Clinton's staffs, but I don't anticipate any problems. Barack Obama yesterday on the campaign plane, and of course he's talking about a smooth convention, which is what they're hoping for there in Denver. And uh, even though Hillary Clinton may still allow her name to be in nomination, she's already got her speaking spot. Now we know that Bill Clinton has his. Uh, We know John Edwards probably won't have one. But uh, with us to discuss a new development, Barack Obama's influence in the state of Texas, doubtful that he can win this state, but he is sure trying to make sure that there are more Democrats in Congress from Texas in the future. With us to discuss it is our friend Kelly Shackelford, president of Liberty Legal, I'm sorry, chief counsel of Liberty Legal Institute and president of Free Market Foundation. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Penna. It's good to have you. I know you've been traveling, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, what is Barack Obama trying to do right now to get more Democrats in Congress in the future? Well, most people, you know, would figure that hey, Texas is a is a fairly conservative state. It typically is is going to go Republican, and uh, and therefore a Democratic presidential candidate really wouldn't uh, focus a lot of effort here. But there have been a number of stories that Barack Obama has been focusing some money and some effort uh, in particular on Texas and some other states for the reason of redistricting. And what that is is every 10 years when the census comes out, um, we we have to count how many people are, are here and where they are. And when that happens here in a few years, it's expected that Texas is going to pick up a number of seats in Congress because our population is growing faster than other states. And so uh, it will be important who is in control of the Texas legislature because they will draw all those lines of each of the districts, which can dramatically affect how many people you end up with in Congress in one party or the other. And in Texas, for instance, the uh, Texas House uh, is Republican-controlled. But if you were to change in these state representative state House seats, if you were to knock off four Republicans and replace them by four Democrats, uh, you, you could flip the House from Republican to Democrat. And so those races aren't that expensive compared to the national races. And so it's a pretty smart and shrewd political maneuver uh, for Obama if he's looking to the future to think, hey, I'd like to pick up a bunch of you know support in Congress, maybe pick up five, six, seven more Democratic seats. That could make a huge difference. I think I'll... I'll put a little money here in Texas, knock off some Republican state representatives, and uh, that might help me down the line. Well, this highlights the importance of people in their various districts being involved. This is not just a presidential season. Uh, there are races all the way down. You're exa- Penny, you're exactly right, and that's what people most of the time do not think about. They might be so frustrated with, you know, the presidential race or the governor's race and go, oh, I just don't like either one of these people. They're all bums, you know, and so I'm not going to go vote. And what they forget about is maybe there's somebody in their church 
that's on the ballot, you know, two or three spots down. And they forget about all those down-ballot people who are faithful, who are running, who need the support of people that reflect their values. So I would encourage people, no matter what they think about the top of any ticket in any election, to not forget about the the folks that are running for, you know, uh, you know, your local uh, positions, your state representative, even our Texas Supreme Court. I mean, we get to vote on that, and to uh, evacuate the system, essentially, is a big mistake and, and hurts good people uh, that are running for office. Kelly, you put out a voter's guide when the election gets closer, don't you? We do. I, I would encourage people, if they don't get a voter's guide, to, to make sure they go to our website and just sign up. It's free. Um, and what we do is we don't tell anybody who to vote for. We just ask really hard questions uh, on every issue, uh, fiscal, social, uh, the war, everything, and uh, print the answers. And then for folks who try to avoid giving answers, we say, well, they didn't answer, but here's what their platform says about this issue. And that way, when people go in the voting booth, they can literally take this in with them and all the way down ballot, all the way down to you know the state rep race, um, they can compare the candidates and vote their values on what they really believe and and really be empowered. So I would encourage people, if, if they don't get our voter's guide, go to freemarket.org and just sign up for it. Uh, sign up for the weekly alert and or just sign up to get materials, and we'll send them one for free. We give them out at... Uh I've given them out at churches over the years, and I that is a great tool. I always use your voter guide, Kelly. Now, I want to mention something, because as, as we talk Democrats in Texas, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, floated a name that she thinks uh, Obama ought to consider for a VP slot, and that's one of the Texas representatives, Chet Edwards. What do you know about that? Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, it's sort of a you know a strategy of picking a, a Southern... Uh, you know, Democrat who uh, Southern Democrats typically are not as wild-eyed uh, liberal, and uh, since Obama is the most, you know, had the most liberal voting record of anybody in the Senate, um, most people think he would probably want to pick somebody with more conservative credentials to uh, sort of widen his appeal, and so that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, although I'm sure we're not going to know here uh, for another few weeks at least. Okay, two stories, I've teased this, coming out of California. One people are going to be happy about and one people are going to be upset about. Let's tell the good news first, the homeschooling ruling. Uh, well, the, for those who don't know what happened originally, uh, really everybody was kind of minding their own business. Uh, and uh, a California court of appeals um, came down with a ruling really in a, in a custody-type case. Uh, but all of a sudden, out of left field, kind of shocked everybody, came out with a ruling that said, uh, there was no right to homeschool, and uh, that, that parents didn't have uh, rights over their children that all of us thought that they had. Um, that that obviously shocked a lot of people, um, and the result of that was a flood of people came in and started filing briefs into this sort of obscure case that nobody was really involved in. And the court, uh, to their credit, realized maybe they made a mistake, and they decided to reconsider their ruling and allow new briefing. Uh, well, today they've now come down and, uh, and, and found that homeschooling is proper. Uh, it's not illegal, uh, and uh, they reverse themselves. Under California law, they now consider it, yes, it's one of the choices of homeschooling, I mean, of private school. Uh, but I, I think it's a wake-up call to folks that if they think that, you know, oh, well, it's over, we'll all go rest now, uh, it's not. I mean, they're, they're clearly, this is an attitude that's out there, uh, what happens in California tends to start spreading across the country, 
And I think we've got to realize that parental rights and things that we thought were basic we're now having to fight for. I could go through a litany of cases to prove that, but this is a, a big example. So victory today, but the battle Constant certainly Constant vigilance. Known. Yeah, absolutely. Kelly uh, Shackelford is with me, and Kelly... Um, the other ruling is sad, and we've talked about what uh, we, we used to call him Governor Moonbeam when I lived in California. But Jerry Brown, who's now the Attorney General, changed the language on Prop 8, the uh, marriage amendment ballot initiative that over a million people signed certain language on. He changed it, so it's going to appear on the ballot uh, in a way that is, you know, it's going to affect the outcome, isn't it? Well, I could. I think it'll affect some percentage. I mean, basically what you had is, you had a ballot initiative that says, look, uh, you know, it's sort of a little title for what they're voting on. And it said, uh, you're voting on whether marriage is a man and a woman, which is what they're voting on. Well, what he did is, it, supposedly if the language is unclear or there's a problem, the attorney general can change the language. There was no problem. They've kind of admitted there was no problem. But he changed the language clearly to try to impact the, the result of the election which really is an abuse of authority. It's, it's the kind of things that make all of us ill about politicians when they do something like this. But he's made it now. He changed the language to say that if you vote in favor of the marriage amendment, you're actually voting to revoke the right of, of people to marry uh, who are same-sex. And so he made it, he put a clear negative connotation on the vote, which experts think, could cost anywhere from, you know, 5, 10, or 15 percent, and the vote out there is considered to be, you know, 50-50. It could go either way wow. on, on what they do in California. When people signed uh, the petition, uh, the Supreme Court had not ruled that same-sex marriages could happen, and that's what's really, really irritating about yes. this. Very disingenuous. Yeah, he's acting like uh, this is a vote to change something, and when they got the positions and got this on the ballot, uh it wasn't changing anything. It was solidifying what was already there. But this is clearly an attorney general uh, in California who's politicizing his office, who is trying to impact the vote. And you just hope that there's enough education. I mean, the, the, the beautiful positive of all this to me, Penna, is if the church simply does its job in California, they'll educate everybody. And people will go out. And if, if the people of God won't defend the very first institution in Scripture, that he created, the institution of marriage, then you wonder if we're willing to do much for anything. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity, and I've heard a ton of stories. I've seen some of the pastor leaders from California. It really is exciting. It seems like there's some sort of revival going on in California because of this, and so I'm hopeful that the church is really going to rise up and say we love people uh, and we also love God's institution of marriage, and uh, they educate folks to get them to the polls on this. One of the things that happens uh, when we uh, advance the homosexual agenda is we begin to lose religious freedom. Kelly, I didn't get a chance to ask you about your trip to Rome. Can you stick with us yeah, over the yeah, break? Absolutely. Okay, because I know there are some lessons to be learned from what's going on in Europe about this. And, you know, we need to, I think, uh, join in prayer with our friends uh, the believers out in the state of California right now, because this battle doesn't only affect that state. I care about it because I've got so much family and so many friends in the state of California, but the whole country should be looking at what happens in California and whether or not they're able to protect marriage. It's got re- re- repercussions that go beyond marriage and goes to your 
really your ability even to practice your faith. We're going to talk about that with Kelly Shackelford right after this. Stay with us. I've got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with the Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit criswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. And uh, let me just throw out this question. Are we making too big a deal over same-sex marriage, or is this a battle worth fighting? You can call us here in the end of the program, 800-881-9270. This is the final segment for the day and for the week of Jerry Johnson Live. Kelly Shackelford is with me, and he is president of the Free Market Foundation, chief counsel for Liberty Legal Institute. He, wear, uh, he wears so many hats. And uh, I notice, Kelly, that you are opening the Free Market Foundation is opening an office in Austin. Tell us about it. Uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, you know, it's one thing to kind of go in and out of Austin, which we've done for, you know, 30 years. Uh, but we've always thought that we could really have a greater impact if we were there full time and could not only affect things that we found out were happening, but actually be there at the beginning to be a resource for the many believers who are in the House and the Senate who need help. Um, and so we, uh, we, you know, have, have got a gift to be able to open an office and have done that. And it's just been huge, the impact that we've had and how basically uh, all the other sort of conservative or Christian ministries in the state were at a meeting uh, with us just a few months ago and said, this is awesome because this is like a beachhead now for all of us. Uh, we're right there in front of the Capitol across the street, uh, just a block away or two blocks away. And... Uh, so we're thrilled and uh, considered a privilege, and hopefully it's going to have a huge impact uh, in this next session that's starting. Well, I think it will. And you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, there are a lot of Christians who run for these offices, and there are some that are servicing, uh, serving right now. I'm thinking of friends of mine, uh, Jody Lobenberg, who yes. serves in the in the legislature. And Ken Paxton's another one who's yes. just a fighter on our issues. And, I mean, I'm just leaving people out. These are just two that I know, um, you know, personally. And I know you're helping those folks, but they need information, and they need also for then uh, us to understand what they're fighting so we can, you know, weigh in on it with whoever's representing our area down it, there. Exactly. And it's, you know, I mean, uh, 
we're one, you know, we're we're a Christian and conservative group and all that, but we're like the only ones who are also legal. So we have the legal side too. So with a lot of legislators, they need that kind of help. They need like if they're working on something that affects religious freedom or the definition of the family or any of these areas that we sort of focus on, I mean, we can really give them a leg up and uh, really help them by even telling them, you know, uh, about things that have happened in other states that weren't a good idea and, and how to do it right. So we're we're thrilled. It's a privilege, and, and it's going to be fun. So, and I would tell your listeners, therefore, if you're ever down in Austin and want to stop by our office, we're right there across from the Capitol, and uh, we can tell them what's happening and the battles that are going on that would affect their families or their freedoms or their pocketbook or anything else. That's really great. And uh, tell people your website again, because I know you also host people here in your office in the Metroplex. Yeah, we do. We have a we have a luncheon once a month and just kind of take people through and let them see all the aspects, the media division, the legal division, the you know legislative division, just all the different you know things and aspects of what we do, and they get to meet the folks who do that. Uh, our um, email address, is, well, our website is just uh, www.freemarket.org, freemarket.org, and I would encourage people, at the very least, get on the weekly alert, sign up for the weekly alert. We, we don't give anybody's information or their emails or their personal information to anybody. We don't sell it. But uh, if you get in these alerts, you'll actually find out what's really going on. And it's not that there's some conspiracy, but the secular media just really doesn't care about the same things that we care about as Christians. And so a lot of the biggest battles that are going on in the country, to be honest, the average pastor, the average church, the average Christian has no idea that these things are even happening. And so they, they're not even in prayer for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are sort of leading the battles on these different issues. And so I would encourage them to make sure they're in the loop and you know go to freemarket.org and at least sign up for the weekly alert to find out what's happening. Well, speaking of fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you've been in Rome. You spoke on religious liberty, and we've been talking about the advancing homosexual agenda. How are those two tied together? And just talk a little bit about what you're seeing as the assaults on liberty in Europe that could possibly spill over in this country? Well, I, people don't seem to understand, and most believers don't understand, they sort of, they get it, fall into this mindset that, oh, well, the homosexuals want rights, well, let's, you know, I'll leave them alone, they'll leave me alone, and it doesn't work that way at all. Um, there's an inverse relationship with these rights. Um, every time the government tries to force you uh, to accept or have a certain approach to human sexuality, they run smack dab into your religious freedoms. And so, for instance, let's take something as simple as uh, same-sex marriage. You might think, well, what difference does it make you pass same-sex marriage? You know, if you don't buy that destroying, you know, the definition that God created makes a difference, even if you don't buy that, which, you know, obviously as Christians we should, let, let's go to immediately what's going to happen in the public schools. Well, every public school is going to have to teach that there is no difference. And in fact, anybody who pushes that there is a difference will now be engaging in discrimination against the law of California. So every child who's in a public school will now be force-fed that from the government. And those who oppose it, well, there will be penalties for. Uh, you know, take, uh, take the case just recently in uh, New Mexico with sexual orientation laws. Uh, you have a, a Christian photographer who was told... Uh, hey, uh, we want you to photograph our lesbian, you know, ceremony. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, I just can't do that, you know, because of my religious beliefs. Well, she has now lost her, you know, civil rights uh, lawsuit against her from the lesbians for sexual orientation discrimination. So notice how there's an inverse relationship. 
to the extent that they can sort of force their view of morality on other people is a direct loss of religious freedom. If you look in these laws, you'll notice there's never an exemption for religious freedom. Mm -hmm. Because if there were, the law would be of no use. Because they know that what they're doing with these laws is they're having the government force its new view of morality on every person. And you're not allowed to express your freedom of conscience, to have your religious freedom where you differ with those positions and, and act out accordingly. So that there is a dr- indirect relationship. And you don't have to look very far, like you were saying, uh, in Europe. I just got back, and the leaders over there were uh, asked me actually to bring back a message. They said, don't let your nation descend into this type of moral chaos. And uh, they said what happened there is basically the church kind of evacuated the political system. And they now have laws, and the stuff that's going on there would just send shivers uh, down your spine. Um, one couple, I'll give you an example, the Roberts, uh, went to a county meeting uh, to just speak about the use of their taxpayer money to promote homosexuality. The result of them respectfully and lovingly speaking was the police were sent to their home. They were interrogated. They were told they could uh, ha- be in prison for up to seven years for a hate crime for expressing those beliefs. Wow. Uh, there are communities in London where the police have told Christians that, that if they go there to witness, that that will be considered a hate crime. There are uh, uh, citizens, a Christian university, just this just very recently, was just, just a few seconds by, left. by the government there that it violated the Equal Opportunity Act when it taught homosexual sexual conduct as a sin. So there's a direct relationship between religious freedom and what is being attempted here on the other side. Well, Kelly, uh, we can't just uh, depend on you to fight all our battles, uh, but we're glad you're there fighting them. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Penna, for what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Jerry Johnson Live. I'm Penna Dexter. Thank you so much for being with us, and have a great weekend. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.